When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Dave McVinneman will join us in a minute. But first, Laura, what do you got? All right, guys. So I haven't been to fast food joints uh, like that, like I used to, especially because I'm trying to lose weight for the Mandy's, you know, mm-hmm. priorities here. But I was shocked when I read this article and a, a new study done by Top Agency that gave us the number one fast food joint or chain in L.A. I'm like a homer, so I always think it's in and out but do you guys want to take a quick guess on who it was? Or you guys want me to just give it to you? No, just give it to us. Go ahead. Five guys. Oh. Hmm. Exactly. Hmm. I don't hmm. love five guys. Me neither. It's all right. I, I, to be number one, like who did this? What in and out hater? Because in and out wasn't even number two on the list. Oh. Chipotle was number two. Hmm. Then in and out, McDonald's fourth, and Chick-fil-A number five. Ooh, even that's criminal. Uh, Cap, so in honor of Cap, I actually have the San Diego ones, and I'll run through them really, really quick. In-N-Out 1, Chipotle 2, McDonald's 3, Carl's Jr. 4, and Mike Jersey Mike's 5. Jersey and Laura, Mike's is so good. It's fire. But, Laura, just explain one more time. The headline is, the, the list is top fast food? Tas, uh, no, the uh, chain. Fast food chain that ranked number one in L.A. was Five Guys. Not five Guys. Are there even a lot of Five Guys in L.A.? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Wow. I was really shocked. I'll tell you Maybe this right now. Maybe it's the scarcity thing then, I guess. It's cra- I don't know. I'm not a big Five Guys person. It's okay. It's not my thing. It's I mean, okay. it's a know, little... Uh, the burgers are fine. It's a little... Yeah, just... I don't know. All I can tell you is this. My parents mm-hmm. are finally, thankfully, leaving and going back to Florida tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay? And the my father has said to me over and over again, I've not had an In-N-Out burger since I'm out here. So tonight... They're going to in and out They're getting them, you know, packed up, and they're bringing them home. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I'll pound a couple of in and outs tonight. You should buy them with no cheese just for the, uh, <laughs> the bit. You know what, George? George, listen to me. That's hilarious, by the way. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you later in the show how I actually out-cheaped my father over the weekend. Oh okay, excellent. God. I'd love to hear that. But let's first talk about, uh, speaking of food, the Lakers are serving ham. And Dave McMiniman was there to uh, document all of it, listen to all of it, uh, digest all of it. Um, so, Dave, what was your biggest takeaway other than he shouted you out very quickly? It was I, I feel like he was excited to see you again. <laughs> yeah, I've known Darwin for a while, so that, it, it was cool to see someone progress in their career that way. And, and you know, our time has oversected, uh, intersected, I should say, uh, over the years. You know, obviously I was coming to Lakers back in the day when he was an assistant just starting off his time in the NBA on uh, Mike Brown's bench. I was covering the Cavs versus his Atlanta Hawks when he was in Mike Budenholzer's staff and covering the finals a couple of years ago when he broke through and won the championship alongside Giannis. So I you was know, certainly happy for him. And, and the capacity I've gotten to know him as a person, uh, he's someone that when he talked about today, his ability to make connections with people based on the way he was raised by his family I've experienced that firsthand, and uh, I think he will have a great runway in order to use that interpersonal connectivity that he has as part of his skill set to not only bridge the gap between 
perhaps his coaching staff in the front office, but his coaching staff uh, and the player personnel. Uh, but the biggest thing to me, talking about player personnel, is seeing Russell Westbrook in the gym. Uh, you had Wendon Gabriel there, you had Stanley Johnson, you had Austin Reeves, but Russell Westbrook in eyesight of every reporter, uh, front and center, not in the back of the gym, you know, right, uh, you know, 20 yards away from where Darvin Ham and Rob Palinka were sitting, was certainly sending a message that uh, he is, you know, views himself as part of this organization. Um, and you know, to me, that's the biggest question mark moving forward. Will he actually be a part of this organization when they open up training camp in late September? Well, Dave, don't you think today, I mean, I know you've already said that, you know, him being there is a big indication, but I mean, based on everything I heard today, I feel like the, the Lakers got a coach that a guy like Russell Westbrook in particular will respect his coaching. So should we all then make an assumption? Tell us what you think. Russell will be back with his team. What do you say, Dave? I think it's too early to tell. Um, certainly, uh, based on everything I know, that uh, the conversations that the teams had so far, um, no, nothing negotiation-wise, but exploratory conversations, seeing what's available out there, has given them the indication that the deals that are out there right now would require parting with draft capital in order to unload Russell Westbrook, which they aren't interested in. Um, but let's say there is a scenario that pops up on draft night, much the same way it popped up for the Lakers a year ago when they acquired Russell Westbrook kind of out of nowhere. Uh, and a team, all of a sudden their circumstances have changed and all of a sudden they got to unload some stuff in order to, uh, you know, consummate another deal. That's really, really important to them. Uh, that's where the tectonic shape, uh, plates, I should say, kind of can shift in the league, and all of a sudden they could be looking at a deal that they would want to pursue. Dave McMiniman joining us here on Sedano Cap on 710 ESPN. He was at the Darvin Ham press conference. So one of the things that I thought was fascinating, too, and I just mentioned in the last segment, was that he mentioned that he and the front office and Rob will collaborate on the rest of the roster. Now, I've been talking about this for a while, that, look, for as much as uh, you know, Rob deserves a lot of credit for that 2020 championship, right? He was the general manager of that team. I, I do believe that there were moments last year where you could still see someone who was fairly new at the job, right? Like the stories that were out there uh, about the way that, uh, you know, the roster was handled or even the interactions with the coach. This seems like to me that people have looked inward and understand that everyone has a little growth uh, potential here in this situation. How did you view that comment by Darvin? Well, yeah, kind of my thought was, where was that last year? Where was that uh, input afforded Frank Vogel uh, coming off uh, his first two seasons where he delivered a championship? There were moves that the front office made last year, including the Russell Westbrook trade, that Frank Vogel was not signed off on. And perhaps that's the front office recognizing the error of their ways and I'm all for growth and getting better in the job. So, so that's a good thing. But, you know, at the same time, when I hear Darvin Ham say, well, the one area where we're going to grow in leaps and bounds is as our defense. Well, you know, if that's what you want out of your coach, you recognize that when Frank Vogel had a healthy roster, he was 
first in the league of defense and third in the league of defense. And so, so to me, like, you know, I hope it's not just, uh, you know, coach speak or, or front office speak, and they are actually going to come up with some sort of collaboration that leads to uh, you know, better decisions uh, because there were many decisions that went wrong last off season. So Dave, I thought the exact same thing. Like, so what's the deal? They are now going to allow their new coach, who's never been a head coach, to now all of a sudden have some input on the roster. I was also surprised by that. But let me ask you this. I, I was telling George this. I'm not doing some victory lap. I heard everything today, and I liked a lot of what I heard. Are you more bullish on the Lakers and their future today because of what you heard today at a press conference? I mean, maybe this is because I have had some sense of, of Darwin over the years uh, beyond today that, as soon as I heard he was a candidate and I, as soon as uh, talking to folks, it seemed like he would have a really good shot at getting the job. I was certainly okay uh, and supportive of that decision by the team, but there's nothing that Darvin said today uh, that is going to make it easier to coalesce this roster. If you keep it as currently constructed with the big three. And I understand that, there was only about 20 games played between LeBron, AD, and Russ last year, and that's a small sample size. Uh, at the same time, LeBron James is going into year 20. He's turning 38 years old, and you are asking of your group to have everybody be held defensively accountable. I'm not so sure if LeBron James has the ability to do that on a consistent basis. That's no that's not casting aspersions on him. That's recognizing the reality of it. And the other guy in that conversation is Russell Westbrook, who has played 15 years in the NBA, has never made an all-defensive team, yep. and all of a sudden he's going to earn his spot on the floor next year yep. by not having the ball in his hands and by being a defensive stopper. To me, that's the stuff we heard last preseason where Talon Horton Tucker who is one of the preternaturally gifted guys to get into the lane and finish with you know, some junk in this game and use English and uh, weird angles and all that stuff. And you're going to take him out of his rhythm where he's a truly gifted offensive player and say, we want you to use all your effort to be our defensive stopper, something he's never been. And so to me, like you can't fit a round peg in a square hole. And uh, that's where I stop short of being ecstatic about the hire because the hire can only do as well as the pieces he has available to him, kind of getting back to the Bill Parcells thing. If he doesn't pick the ingredients, he's going to have a hard time putting a great meal on the table. Dave McMiniman with us here. You know, look, he reminds me a little, and I don't have as much interaction with him as you have in the past, but I have very little. Um, but Emil Doka is someone I've been around a little bit this season, and I, I feel like they're very similar, just both, you know, tough role players, right, respected in their locker rooms, came up through championship coaches. Obviously, Ime came up with arguably the best or one of the best. Um, but no nonsense, right? And I, I feel like Darvin has that. Um, when he has to have one of those moments with LeBron, in the because he said the film doesn't lie, right? Like that, he used some phrase similar to that. And that he's gonna, you know, willing to have tough conversations. Like, that can get really tough. Like, that to me is going to be the true testament of what this is going to look like when he has that conversation um, with someone like LeBron or Russ or even AD in that spot. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's why it all sounds well and good right now. But 
how do you apply that same type of intensity when guys are hurt or guys are tired or guys have, in the case of last season, they tried it and it didn't work and they said, oh, well, let's try it this way. Uh, you know, listen, part of Frank Vogel's success with the Lakers was the way the 2019-2020 season began, where the Lakers came out hot out of the gates and you know, why change what's working, right? But part of that also was due to the fact that Anthony Davis barely missed any games all year long. LeBron James was recommitted after having a tough first season in Los Angeles. And some of the role players that they picked up, like guys like Danny Green, uh, eventually you know, trading for Marquise Morris or John Rondo, these guys really fit with what they were doing. Uh, that, the, the first step is to have the vision. But what happens when things go sideways? And listen, I think the Lakers are certainly in store for a better season than the disaster they had last year. But I'm not saying they're going to be running away with the number one seed in the West either. So there's going to be a challenging time. And just being a tough guy, is that enough? Now, Ime Adoka, and and of course, Darwin's far more than just a tough guy, but I'm saying that that persona isn't enough to get you across the finish line. It has to be a mix of a lot of things at work. Yeah. Ime Adoka, to his credit, when the Celtics were middling around 500, he did, for all accounts, stuck to his guns, and eventually things turned around. Uh, I, I hope Darvin is given the same opportunity from his players, the same ear, the same attentiveness, uh, all those things, in order to do so, because there are going to be challenges. And now the one thing I'll say is that, guess what? Last year, a guy on this roster did not give those, uh, you know, did not afford that type of attentiveness and willingness to Frank Vogel. So why all of a sudden would he would he do it for for Darvin Ham? There, I believe there are some answers to that. I really do. I I think it's it's former player. It's where he's from. It's his family background. It's the kind of grinder he had to be to become a a player in the league to hang on for as long as he did to get into coaching to achieve head coaching status. Yeah. I mean, there's I, I actually, Dave, believe that a personality like Darvin Ham can potentially reach a player like Russell Westbrook. Wait, but but what I think Dave is referring to, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm, when the going gets tough, then all of a sudden we see everybody's true colors. You know what I mean? Like everybody can say what Correct. they want now, but when the bleep hits the fan, how is everyone really going to react? You know, yeah. and, that's, and that's, that's why, that's why like yeah. Darv is trying to set the table by saying, my conversations with Russ have been really good. And the one word I take from it is sacrifice. And again, will Russ walk the walk? Because, listen, I agree with Darvin in the sense that Russ still has something in the tank, uh, but can he apply it in a way that helps out the team? And it it seemed to be last year, Russ's idea of what success looked like was very different from what the coaching staff's idea of success looked like. And neither side was able to convince the other side that this should be the way to do it. I was always of the opinion that, hey, that coaching staff, for the most part, won a championship. And with the two guys up front, like they had a plan that worked. Um, Now you could say that they, because AD and LeBron missed so much time, Russ wasn't given a fair shake. That's probably the best argument I can hear that tells me that, you know, Russ really didn't have an opportunity to get things right. Uh, But I would also say in a vacuum, 
in the games where there was no rough, excuse me, no LeBron and no AD, the rough numbers still don't look very good. That's true. Dave McMinniman joining us here, of course, does a phenomenal job covering your Los Angeles Lakers for us here at ESPN. Dave, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for making time for us. Thanks, dude. Thanks, fellas. Great talking to you. Yep. yep. See you. There he is, Dave McMiniman. Hey, Mike Trudell's going to stop by in 30 minutes, so make sure you stick around for that. We'll go a little, maybe a little deeper X's and O's stuff on some of the stuff Darvin said about, uh, you know, how to implement players and systems and things like that uh, with Trudell in about 30 minutes. So, But I, I have some stuff that I want to uncover um, and unpack from our conversation with Dave, more from the Darvin Ham press conference as well. Because he did make one person the key to all of it. We'll tell you who next. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The boy is mine. This was a good jam back then. It was. Mm. Were you a Brandy or a Monica guy? Yeah, Brandy. Brandy was, uh, she was, uh, you know. She was Kobe's date to prom. She was Kobe's date to prom. She was also more popular, Mo-isha. I would say. Moesha. At her peak. What was that? I said Moesha. Oh, right. She was, yeah, exactly. I try to she say it like Moesha. Yeah. Mo to yeah. the, eat to the. That's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Way to go, ladies. Yeah. So. Can I can I ask you guys before we get back into the Darvin Ham stuff? Can I ask you guys a question about creeps on social media, real quick? Yeah. Since we we're talking about it earlier, all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's a lot of creeps on social media that are covering my face. Yep. Or covering my girlfriend's face, all because you know Laura covers her boyfriend's face. Mm-hmm. So, over I don't know, like last weekend I think I was watching uh, the Stranger Things new Stranger Things ep- episode with my roommate. Is it good? It's Sorry. very very good. Okay. Except I'm mad that they did not, they're not releasing the finale yet. They're waiting until like July. But anyway, so I go out to walk my dog and this guy starts like talking me up and he's like talking to me for like a half hour. And I was just like, I gotta go because I'm watching Stranger Things. I gotta go. And he was like, you know, good looking, (laughs) good looking guy. I gotta go. I'm watching Stranger Things. Listen, I was really into it. My roommate was waiting for me. I was just taking my dog out to pee. Okay. So I was like, but he was really cute, but he was also like. For somebody dressed in their pajamas watching, like, TV on a Saturday night, he was a little forward, right? He was wearing pajamas or you were wearing pajamas? Uh I was. I was, was, like, total scrub mode. Mm -hmm. And he was just very flirtatious and very, like, charming. Sure. But I I went in to tell my roommate about it. I was like, I don't know. Something's just off here. It just doesn't seem right. So he's like, well, if you want to come over later. And he had, like, an accent. He's, like, Australian or something. He's like, if you'd like to come over later for a glass of wine, I'm in blah, 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 whatever his apartment is. So 
the next day, my roommate and I were walking around and knock on his door because it looked like there was, you know, people are drinking wine. Wasn't there, so I grabbed one of my cards and put it in his door. Uh-oh, bad idea. Terrible idea. Okay, what, well, let like me finish. business cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had really, it was in my purse because really I didn't have, idea. like, a pen or a notepad or anything, so I just stuck a card in his door because, you know, I never see him. I didn't know what else to get, him, get a hold of him. Yeah. So then... Well, you know his apartment, though. Because he told it to me. I'm no, not giving him... I realize him... that, but you went there, so you know where he's at. So if you want to go see the guy, you can go see the guy. Yeah, but I also was trying to, like, make it... Where it wasn't awkward, whereas where if he, he wants to her. Yeah, we're no, like, but if he, when you give her, yeah. when you give a business card and it says like Lindsay Baseball, sure, ESPN, you know. I, I was just trying to give him my phone number. That's all. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell him where I lived. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he texted me the next day, whatever, and was like very forward about like hanging out like right away that day. And then I see that he looks, he looked at my LinkedIn profile. Oh. And I was like. Ew, that's kind of weird. Like, People why do you do look that. me up on LinkedIn? People do that. Lindsay Isn't that baseball? creepy? Not really. No, no, you don't I don't think, think it so. Is. Like no. one of the first things you do when you know someone's first and last name is look them up on LinkedIn. Well, well, wait a second. He may have looked you up on Facebook. Are you still on Facebook? Um, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to find me. Okay, he may he may have looked you up on Twitter, possible, but you wouldn't know that because Twitter doesn't tell you that, right? Unless sure. he followed you. Sure, that which makes right. it even creepier that right. he would additionally look me up on LinkedIn. Did he may have fo- he may have checked you out on Instagram? Although again, you wouldn't know unless he followed you or he liked one of your your perfectly posts. fine. I think Instagram and Twitter is totally fine, but But LinkedIn. But wait, but wait. When you leave a business card and it says Lindsay Baseball, ESPN Los Angeles 710, that is like, oh, I'm now curious about her professionally because she left her business card. So where's the best place for me to take a look at her? LinkedIn. Right. Uh, See, that's what I was was curious about because my roommate also thought it was a little sus. It was weird. It's weird, but I would say that because it pro- when he probably put in your name, it's probably one of the first things that pops up on the Google search. Oh, so you think he was Googling me? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what most people do. Oh. I don't think it's so sus, Linz. I think this. If you would have just written down your on a Post-it note, Lindsay Baseball, and your phone number, you know, um, 216-555-5555. If, if you would have put that down, is your phone number? Good job knowing the Cleveland area. Company. I was just yeah, going to say, gonna say they're yeah. going to call that number expecting right. to get Lindsay. Okay. I don't know how I came up with 216. but That's that's the right area code. Okay. In the meantime, if you would have put him a post-it note with your name and number, he, he texts you. Maybe he looks you up on social media. But because you left a professional business card, the obvious place to check you out is LinkedIn. Okay. Well, that was my question. You gave him yeah, the I, I bet you if you, I mean, just look at yourself. Go Google your name right now and see what how how many links before LinkedIn comes. Oh, I want to do it. Let's see. Lindsay Baseball. Let I know. I know. Him. We're all doing it. Well, yeah. he was. I don't have a LinkedIn, so how could you not? Yeah. I mean, why would I need a LinkedIn? LinkedIn's great. I love like seeing LinkedIn. what people are doing on LinkedIn all the time. I don't and need you, a LinkedIn. I have an do. agent for that. No, you do. Yeah, no, no, he got do. people. No, no, you do though, George. What do I need a LinkedIn for? So you to know where I worked all those years? You could find that out on your own too. I feel like, professionally speaking, um, I think that a lot of your colleagues are on LinkedIn. So what? I, know, I think that, Listen, uh, the colleagues I need to get a hold of, I know how to get a hold of. Right. You know how, how I get a hold of creep? Dave McMiniman? I text him. You know That's how to fine. get a hold of Mike Trudell? I text him. You know how I get a hold of you three clowns? I text you. Yes, but okay. he I'm creeped, just saying guys. other people. He other people in uh, who creep? What do you mean? The what dude, do you mean creep? The dude, because I typed in Lindsay Baseball on Google. Yeah. yeah. 
Her Instagram comes up first, a few Twitter stuff, yeah. and then Twitter, and then I don't even see LinkedIn. So it's like Paige. It's like you got to hit like the, the see more. Oh, mm, yeah, then you that's don't, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't see LinkedIn here. No, no. Well, he gave a business card. He, he, he did. She gave no, him the in. She no, gave him the in. But the he, went, he went too deep, man. He went no. too deep. How many pages do you have to go before you get LinkedIn? I haven't at even gotten LinkedIn. At least the second page. At least the second page. No, I don't know. I'm just scrolling, girl, and I haven't found it. I'm just I just. I'm just saying you give a business card, it's a LinkedIn thing. See, that's what I was curious about. But his invitation to come to his apartment for a glass of wine was not a professional thing. No, but you remember, you gave him the business card after he invited you. He said, come for wine. You went there. He wasn't there. You left the business card. So do you think she, okay, so you were saying that she did the wrong thing because she went business when he did pleasure. Right, because the ah, thing is, gotcha. you you don't want him to know anything about you, no, yet he, you left him where you work. No, no, we talked about that because that's how we started talking because- I forget what we were talking about, but he said how he was a Ram season ticket holder, and and we were talking about how he went. He used to live in Toronto, and he had Blue Jay season tickets, and Toronto, eh? Yeah, and nice. and all this stuff, and like we were talking about sports for, it, and that's why I was just like, oh, he seems pretty cool. But then he ended up being a complete weirdo. My spidey senses were totally right on him, and I just you know goes all goes back to me mm. just thinking guys are just weirdos and whatever. I'm, uh, I'm on like page four, and I still don't have. Yeah, your yeah I, I, I went scroll, scroll, scroll. He did it, but Cap, I don't he do went straight often. to LinkedIn to look you up. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta go. You know, Cap, I don't side well, with you. Well, but wait, if he went straight to LinkedIn, case, it'd be, I hold, am. On, hold on. I'm now pu- I'm now coming back. Yeah, I'm coming okay? back with Cap because I got there it, first, it, though. if he Google <laughs> if he Googled and your LinkedIn was like on th- page three or four, then that'd be weird. But if he just went straight to LinkedIn, because I'm like literally on four and five, I can't find it. Um, if I if he went straight to your LinkedIn, because that's kind of what he does, then then not as weird is what I would say. I also will say that it clearly shows like I have the LinkedIn uh, premium. So you know that so if you, you know who, who, fi- who exactly. looks at your stuff. Yeah. And he still didn't care knowing that like well, I'm going to see that. that. Then, then that's probably. I, then, I think that's weird. That's I, no, I don't think that's, that's weird. No, I don't think that's weird. I actually yeah. think that's better because if he knows you know that you're going to know, he I wants think you that to know. Now he wants you to know that he's on LinkedIn. Did you, um, I have a question. Did you check him out on LinkedIn? Once he, once he checked you no. out and you knew that he checked you out, you don't know what he does for a living, this guy? He told me what he does for a living. He What's said he, he was doing? like, he goes, I'm in business solutions. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? What the hell does that mean? Business solutions. That's the guy who sales. lives on LinkedIn. Yeah, he lives on LinkedIn, this guy. Yeah, well, the, well, then I said, well, what is that? And he said sales. And I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Business yeah. solutions, you know. Yeah, then he's a LinkedIn guy. Yeah, sounded much Not as weird. That is weird. Uh, I think uh, weird. Lizzie, right. Why don't you give this guy a shot? No, because like I said, it was a whole thing. He ended up being a real creepy weirdo guy and just like, nope, nope. Hope he's well, listening just right te- now. Feel him out a little more. At the, no, uh, no, 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 no. There is an incident <laughs> that occurred where I'm just like, absolutely not. Oh, you are oh, a weirdo. There's, there's an incident. Oh, with yeah. the Australian missing guy? pieces. What happened with the incident? What happened? Uh, well, long story short, um, you know, we were, we were texting once I gave him my number. He uh-huh. was very, very aggressive, like wanting me to come over and drink a glass of wine, which I don't know. I don't know you. I'm not going to just come to your apartment. Then he yeah. wanted to get my apartment number. And I said, no, my roommate and I are going to go down by the fireplace in the courtyard, you know, the whatever the common area yeah, right. meet us there meet, uh-huh. meet, meet us down there right so what and happened? so then 
he, he, you know, he texted me a couple times. I was talking to my roommate. And I'm not sitting there like t- like hanging on every word he says. And he was just like, "Hello, hello," like kept like texting oh, no, me, no. Yeah, okay. that's it. Now, wondering where I okay. am. And then and then I texted him as I was going back upstairs at like 11 p.m. You know, like an hour later. And he's just like, "I'm coming down there now." He's just like, "I'm going to bed. You took too long." And he was like, "Really? Are you effing kidding me? Don't Whoa. ever text me again." And I was Whoa. just like, "What? Oh, oh you okay. didn't tell us any of this. You just no. told us he creeped yeah, on you. Yeah, you literally buried the lead. Yeah, girl, that's oh my God. first. This Dude is first. freaked out <laughs> on you. Well, well, I wanted to know if it was creepy because I thought from the from the jump it was a little creepy. Okay, there you go. Well, I mean, you, it took a long time to get there, but yes, we agree with you now. <laughs> Man, you think that. I ramble? My <laughs> God, girl. I mean, no, geez. I mean, I didn't care about the second <laughs> that part. Was a little, I, just... I gotta be honest. Cat Between moment. you and Laura, you've both have been a little cappy the last couple of days. <laughs> Listen, all I cared about was the LinkedIn part because I wanted to know if I thought it, if it if it was as weird as I thought because my roommate was like, oh, I think no. you're just no. being too skeptical. No, he probably not. thinks because he's got an Australian accent that the chicks dig it all the time right. and it's probably worked a lot and that's it. Yeah, exactly. But he's right. really just a ugh. The and LinkedIn wasn't creepy. The extra hey, can we get stuff. to Anthony Davis? Because I want to pay this off before oh, someone yells ahead. at me on go Twitter. Ahead. Don't, don't do that. Uh, all right. So Darvin Ham said that there's a key. And the key is what you and I have talked about, Cappy, A.D. Let's hear it. I think he's the key. Like, he's the key. We've all seen what, what can happen when he's healthy, when he's playing at a high level. He's in a good rhythm. We saw it in the bubble. Um, his skill set, his size, his versatility, his, his defensive acumen, like his relent, relentlessness, his ability to give multiple efforts defensively um, is key. It's going to be the foundation of the type of standard we uh, set within a quote-unquote Darvin Ham era. Like, it's going to be built on that defense, and he's going to be the main piece. Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about this. This entire thing is built on whether Anthony Davis can be healthy or not. I actually like that he called it out. You know, it wasn't like just some big suck-up comment. It was like, yo, um, if he's healthy, he's the centerpiece of what we're doing. And, and I love the word if. Because it's not like some automatic guarantee. I mean, he was much more bullish, I thought, on Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't know why everybody's down on Russell Westbrook. He's still one of the greatest players in our league. As it applies to Anthony Davis, he called it right out from the beginning. Dude has to be healthy. Well, we all I, get I, I, I have a theory on that. Do you want me to give you my theory? I do. I think Russ needs positive reinforcement. I think Anthony Davis needs to be pushed. Yeah, I, I can buy that. I do. I can buy it. Like, each personality has to be dealt with in a unique way. Correct. Russell Westbrook is very thin-skinned, so you got to kind of like make him happy. Anthony Davis has been called soft. You need to make you need to toughen him up. This may be the right personality at coach to do both of those things. Might right. be. The question is can they get this thing to actually work and can they get the right roster uh, around these guys? Uh, I am still skeptical um, that that can happen to some extent, but you know, I'm always willing to just kind of let it unfold and see what happens as the uh, next few weeks un- unfold and July 1st comes around and we'll see what they do in free agency. So, all right, coming up next, Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. We're back in two minutes. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I like how uh, Morales talks to himself in the open of Radio Tinder. Like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I like is tequila mandala. Because, George, I'll have you know that I busted mm. some out this weekend. Yeah. Rave reviews. Yeah. It's from delicious. a tough crowd, pal. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, good. And everybody raves about the bottles. The bottles are beautiful. Yeah, they are. Go to tequilamandala.com. Always swipe right on tequila mandala. Yes, there you go. All right. Well, speaking of tequila and... You know, eating out and all that fun stuff. Americans are actually skipping out on tipping more than they used to. Oh, my. Apparently, in 2021, more than a third of Americans pledged to become better tippers. But now it appears that that sentiment is gone, according to a new survey from CreditCards.com. The survey found that the amount of Americans who, quote, always tip decreased in 2022 compared to 2019 levels for all of the following service industry employees. Sit-down restaurants, food delivery people, taxi and rideshare drivers, hotel housekeepers, and coffee shop baristas. There was an especially stark difference for leaving tips when it comes to self-pickup for takeout food. Because in 2021, as restaurants were you know, struggling to recover from the pandemic, 17% of Americans always left a tip, they said. And then this year, it's down to 13%. Mm-hmm. So do you guys personally find yourself tipping less than you did during pandemic times? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Less, I will swipe left. I, I, I tip just as well, if not better, uh, still. I, I've always had a standard of, I generally tip between 20 and 25% at, at any restaurant I'm at. Um, and then, and sometimes 30, depending on how good the service is. Um and what restaurant I'm at, right? Like, I think that plays a, a role. If I'm, like, at a, you know, fast food place, I'm not going to tip 30%. You know what I mean? But if I'm at, like, a nice sit-down place, I could tip 30%. I've done it. Uh, as a matter of fact, just recently when I was on the road. Um, and then on definitely at least 20% on all we, – we don't do as much of these food service deliveries. But when I do, I always tip 20%, which generally – I generally feel like because I tip on the front end – my food tends to get here faster. I don't know if that's actually me just thinking that or if it's actually a thing, um, but I feel like that's the case. But, yeah, I, I've always been a generous tipper. Even when I'm doing takeout, I will tip at least 10%, maybe more, depending on where I'm at. All right, I'm going to swipe left here also, but I'm going to say this. I'm generally just a 20% across-the-board tipper, but I understand what the study is saying. In 2020, when people were receiving money from the government, they were all kind of spending it and giving it away and feeling confident about their money. And now here we are with gas prices, the highest we've seen them like in our lifetime. 
and inflation at an all-time high and everything costing more. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that the average guy or girl out there goes, you know, I was tipping 20%. Do I have to really tip 20% for coming in and picking up a pizza? You know what? Here's 10%. Be happy with the tip. I can see where yeah, but people... 10%, 10% is fine if you're picking something up. Like, I don't see an issue with that. No, and what... I honestly feel like that's actually fairly been the standard for the most part. All I'm getting at is the mentality of tipping. If you're going to try and, like, say I can't spend as much as I was, where am I going to cut some things? I could see tipping as a place where people would yeah. cut. No, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, yeah, I, I, I can't do that. Those people, I mean, don't get paid for the most part on an actual salary, you know? So I do understand. I do. But I'm just saying that, that all of a sudden uh, times have changed significantly from a year ago. They have. A year, a year and change ago. So there's a second one here. This this is also relating to tipping, but my personal experience with tipping over the weekend. So I went and got a massage, first one I've gotten in a while, in months, and you could tell that it was clearly like the guy was new, like very, very new. He was like he was so new that he seemed like he was nervous giving me a massage. Worst massage I've ever had in my life. Oh boy. But I actually tipped him more at the end because I felt so bad for him. Would you guys ever do that? Swipe left or swipe right? Cap? I'm gonna swipe left. No, I would not. I would not do that. If 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 I went to get a massage and the massage was terrible, and it, I thought it was so bad that I should actually ask for my money back. I wanted if, my money back. If it was that bad, I'd have been like, listen, this is a hundred dollars, and normally I'm supposed to give him twenty bucks on top of that. I don't think so. Okay, this was just not good service at all. Why would you over tip for bad service? Then wouldn't you be under tipping for good service? Yes, but my thinking was, okay, this guy clearly is new. He was nervous or something. He was, like, breathing heavy and, like, nervous, like, shaky hands. And I was just like, I felt really bad for him. That's Maybe why he I liked you. No. No. No? Definitely not. Okay. Did he say anything like, hey, it's my first day? Nope. Nope. No. Didn't, didn't have to. It was very obvious that he was very nervous. Maybe he's got some sort of, like, social anxiety that as a massage therapist, Maybe, that's a bad thing to have. Maybe he knew you were Lindsay Baseball. No, he's right. probably in the wrong business if he has social anxiety and he's going to be a massage therapist. Right. Give Maybe him a LinkedIn review. review. I could. Give him a LinkedIn I could. review. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd never tip somebody more just because you felt bad for them? No. Never. Not more. I've tipped them the standard nope. till yeah. 20 or whatever. Yeah, but never, Never gone and gone, hey, you know what? You were so bad. This service was so bad yeah, that I actually been. want you to keep your job and here's more money. Good job. All right. That probably set a bad precedent by me. You, you really did. All right. So Phil Mickelson has surprisingly, whether we're going to take that sarcastically or not, has signed a deal with LIV Golf Investments and is going to play the first Invitational Series event this week outside of London, which is ending this four-month break from golf that has been embroiled in controversy for Phil. So he's going to begin playing Thursday in the 25 million 54-hole event uh, at Centurion Golf Club. And the winner of the event is going to receive $4 million. But Mickelson is apparently in for far more than that. Dustin Johnson reportedly signed a deal for more than $100 million for what is likely five years. And Mickelson can expect about or more than the same. Are you surprised that Lefty has joined the LIV League? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Uh, I don't really know him. I'm going to swipe uh I guess, uh, right only based on just finances and at the stage of the career he's in, uh, of his career that he's in. So I, that, that, but again, that is just me literally just being reckless and speculating. 
So the question is, Lindsay Baseball, are we surprised that mm-hmm. Mickelson ultimately decided to go to this Saudi-backed tour? Yes, because remember, as of last week, everyone was like, nope, no, he's not. They, they released all the names. He was not on the list. So I'm going to swipe left and say no. I'm not surprised in the slightest bit. Um, I realize I'm one of a very few number of people that is interested in this story. But I think that the book that is supposed to be coming out about Phil Mickelson is so damaging that we're going to learn about how much gambling debt he has had based on what I've been told about this book that I think we're all going to look at it the way George is saying, well, if they're going to give him a hundred and some odd million dollars from 50 to 55 years old when he's not as good as he once was, he had no choice but to take that money. Right. So for me, it's a financial decision, not a political decision. Yeah, he just owes people money. Or he's lost a lot of it, one or the other. I mean, that's a lot of money. Go, I'm a 50-year-old guy. I'm no longer in the prime of my career. I'm probably not going to win against all these young kids. I can go play over there, and they'll just pay me to show up. Tuh, easy decision. You know, they supposedly offered Tiger some something crazy like half a billion dollars to come golf in the LIV. Right, but, but, but for Tiger, he makes up that money oh, in, yeah. in, by saying no. He makes up that money by looking heroic, by saying, I'm not going to play for those guys. Phil Mickelson said they're bad guys. Phil Mickelson said they're such bad guys, and he sold out. But you see, I'm Tiger. I don't have to sell out. I'm with Nike. I'm good. They'll just keep paying me. And I know half a billion dollars is a lot of money, but you know what Tiger's saying? While he's sitting on the back of his, you know, 300-foot yacht, he's saying, what else do I need? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, how much money do you need to make before it's not going to make a difference in no, your lifetime? No, I, I, I agree. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer, and you don't make decisions. And I've, I've, I've kind of stood by this uh, throughout my career, which is not anything nearly as lucrative as those guys. Uh, but I don't believe that you should solely make a decision based on money. When it comes to your job. Sometimes people are so desperate that they make those decisions based on money. And who knows? We may find out that Phil Mickelson was in that boat. I bet you can't wait to read this book, Kev. God, I can't wait. Can somebody please like get an advanced copy of some kind that comes to media for free? You please? love the gossip. I requested one for you. Haven't Thank heard you. Back. I do, George. I can't help it. I'm a Yenta. <laughs> All right. What's next, Lindsay? That's it for Radio Tinder for uh, today. All righty. Well, we're getting back to the Lakers. Everyone's favorite sideline reporter, Mike Trudell, will join us in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, I'm going to put five on it, Cap. You ready? Ooh, do it. Yeah, I'm going to put five on that Darvin Ham will be the Lakers coach through the, through the entire contract that they've paid him for. You put five on it. Are you ready for that? Do you, you want to do you want to take me up on that, or do you want do you want to put five on it on the other side, or do you, or are you with me on this? Well, I'm I'm with you on it, but just for the action alone, I mean, I'll just put five on the other side. I put oh. five on it. All right, he has he has Ime Udoka vibes to me. I've been saying this for a little over a week or so um, that he reminds me a lot of Ime Udoka in the time I've been around Ime this season. 
Uh, but let's talk to everyone's favorite sideline reporter, uh, Mike uh, Trudell, uh, who will uh, be. Uh, 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 excuse me, excuse me. What? What's that? Mike Trudell. No offense, my brother. I like a nice pomegranate margarita myself, but second favorite. It was actually pomegranate mimosas that day that we were. That's having. fine. Second yeah. favorite yeah. sideline reporter for me. Second favorite. Who was your first? Come on, Georgie. Come on. Come on. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, I don't like know. Lisa Salters. Lisa by Salters. Far. Oh, I was, was going to say. I mean, come Lisa on. Salters, Mike <laughs> Trudell, then George Sedano, then George, <laughs> so. and then Aaron Andrews. Aaron Andrews is coming up oh, on okay. and forth. Right. Well, behind Trudell though, that's yeah. big. Oh yeah, that's way big. behind. And me, behind. yeah, me and Trudell are ahead of Aaron Andrews. That's big. I feel like Trudell. Shout what out to think? Aaron Andrews. Yeah. Hi, Mike. Oh. Well, it sounds the good news is you got a couple more segments for you guys to rank sideline reporters. If they, you know <laughs> things get boring, yeah. I mean, I mean there's you plenty know? of talk. We haven't even gotten to uh, you know what what side dishes you want with your ham, right? Like I feel like that's a conversation today yep. for sure. Waiting, you know just I mean? waiting for cheese balls like us to have. I mean, come on, yeah, but, coming up at seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Trudell, before we get into the basketball, there are two things the uh, the ladies on this show have brought to our attention that I'd like your opinion on. Uh, you know, you have a, a lovely sister, so you know what it's like to be a big brother. Um, I've met your yeah. sister before. So Laura uh, and I ran into each other at the baseball game yesterday. I met her boyfriend. and But Cappy has uh, pointed out to me, and Lindsay had pointed out to me, that when she posted a picture of them on Instagram, she put an emoji uh, on his face. Now, weird or not weird? Wow. Well... I mean, I guess the initial reaction would be weird, but maybe the explanation is, is, is there some sort of, you know, since she's a public figure, right? And, I am and not. Has, has so many fans at the station. <laughs> no. You know, maybe that. But, but otherwise, no. I guess I would require explanation, and, and I'd like to hear it. So we just decided, hi, Mike, we just decided that we were going to keep it private, and because him and I had been back and forth for like three years, we were like, you know, let's just let the waters calm, and then when it's time, we'll do it. But, but Mike, I just want you to know, she also <laughs> takes go. a picture of him shirtless, draped all over her legs, <laughs> and then posts a, yeah. uh, something that says, like, my happy place. And, and, and by is. the way, Mike, I can attest, this young man is, uh, is physically fit, is what I would say. Well, I guess I would encourage everybody to handle their own social media channels as they would like. But Thank since you. you're asking me to be judgmental, of yes. somebody that I really don't know well. Um, I my The question that I would posit back would be, why post something at all oh, if we're still looking yeah. into the general See? sort of privacy uh, element of things? Yeah. That was my question exactly. He's this been is posted why, before. This is why he ranks above me on the Cappy sideline reporter. <laughs> yeah, that's right, uh, number two. There He's number go. two. There it is Lisa right Salters. Yep. yep, number two. You know, the second issue, Mike. Wait, wait, she's got to answer the question. Oh, oh, excuse me. So, you don't, don't interrupt yet. Oh, excuse me. I have, it's funny because I've actually posted him like that before, and this is the only time they took notice. So it hadn't been an issue. Huh. So I'm just like, okay, I just, people thought it was funny. It's been like the third time that I've done it. Yeah. And all of a sudden today, it was like. Yeah, now news. all our listeners are posting pictures of different people <laughs> with their emojis well, on no, it. But this, yeah. Hold on, this is a, this is a great. A great explainer, though, here, because now what we're really doing is we're building the suspense and the drama uh, of this. And yeah. and maybe, you know, I might even have to follow now just to see if the emoji <laughs> switches next photo. Yeah. Right? Uh, maybe, you should follow. You know, maybe it turns into a reel. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really something that could build yeah. a social media following, um, potentially attract some sponsors. So I, this, I like this, that. This has virality written all over it. I yeah. agree. Yeah. And I then agree. the last yeah. one, Lindsay told us a story about a dude she met 
Um, and she gave him her business card. Um, and in you know, he he text now. Did he text you first, Lindsay? No, he looked me up on LinkedIn. He first. looked her up on LinkedIn first. Weird or not weird? <laughs> well, known dating site uh, LinkedIn. You know, I, I think that's a good place to start. And I just Very look. I, I think George, you and I have talked about this before. So I met my wife uh, in 2007. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, no. so yeah. I have never been on a any kind of dating uh, or whatever app. I mean, the closest thing I could come to was just the all of the years of, of AIM of instant yeah. messenger, which is basically yeah. used as a dating app. Loved um, but Loved but no, like I so I am not the person to judge that. Um, but again, since you asked me, um, I don't really think it's that weird. I, I, what's the difference these days? There are 75 different ways to get a hold of somebody. As long as if you want to put the vibe out on, on a yeah. certain site, who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Especially I mean, when you're I, giving business cards, dude. If you give yeah. me a business card, I'm looking you up on LinkedIn. Whereas yeah. George here doesn't doesn't have a LinkedIn profile. Mike, do you have a LinkedIn profile? You know, I do. It's it's. I can't say that I check it that much. I, I think that I probably checked it about maybe twice a year, which is how much I think I've like, – I'm trying to – do I still have MySpace? That's how dormant it is that I haven't really checked it in a while. But, you know, look, George has been gamefully employed for many, many, many years with all of the, the varied skills that he has with the worldwide leader. So he doesn't need to bother with LinkedIn. All right. All well, right. I'm just following you now on, on LinkedIn. I'm connecting with you right now. <laughs> I'm viewing your full I'll profile. Check it in, I'll, check it next, uh, I'll check it next summer, Scott. Appreciate that. Right, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get into the Lakers. Me. All right. So Darvin Ham comes out there. What was the thing of all the things he said? He was out there for, you know, almost 40 minutes or whatever it was. What was the thing that you were like, hmm, that's interesting? Well, so I come into this with some mix of knowledge and bias, right? Because he was, of course, the assistant coach in 11 through 13. And that was just, that was a year that I started doing TV. Uh, and we were doing, I did this whole web series where I would talk to the assistant coaches before every game. So I got to know like his game plan scouting report for every single team that was one of his scouts, which is basically one out of every three or four games. So I've, I've always had a little bit of insight, I think, there into what he thinks about basketball. But the thing about Darvin, and I think this is why I thought the presser was, was great, George, it's not so much one thing. It's just the man. It's kind of just the, the vibe that he puts out. He's got this mix of, of toughness and gentleness, uh, which I think really plays. And I think it plays in a room. I think it plays with players. Um, I think it plays with the media and, and with fans as well. And, and that's because it's authentic. So that's who he is. And you, you just you can kind of see um, the way the passion that he speaks with. And, and that to me is Darvin just needs to sort of be heard. And, and sure, we could break down what he thinks about offense, and, you know, playing four out and what he thinks about um, defense leading the way and how he wants to utilize Anthony Davis and all that. But I just think that the general demeanor um, and, and who he is is what the big selling point is with Darvin Ham. Yep, I think you've nailed it here this afternoon. You know, the, this balance of toughness. Here's where I'm from, this little town in Michigan. I was 14 years old and got shot in the face. I wasn't a first-round draft choice. Um, I had to grind to become a, a professional player. And on the other hand, it was I come from an organization where we were a family. And I'm going to bring this family thing and this toughness thing, and I'm going to put it together. So, Mike, I think you really nailed the essence of the press conference today. Well, yeah, so that's part of it, I think. And then the other element I thought that was interesting is somebody asked him if he felt pressure, you know, coming in and being the Lakers coach. And, and he looked up, and this is uh, Cap when he used that and out that um, allegory that you just got to, which, of course, he did get shot in the face. So that was something that happened in Saginaw. It was a stray bullet. Um, it happened just outside of where he lived. And – he said, look, that's a, that's a real-life problem. Uh, the, the troops, you know, being abroad 
and and fighting like that's a real problem basketball is not I don't feel pressure in basketball I feel the challenge and I always think that life perspective helps us in whatever the career is in fact that's part of what sports is great for right as the kind of the metaphor for life without all of the actual consequences typically and that's not to play down any passion that fans have and certainly Laker fans are amongst the most passionate in any sport but I do think that that perspective is something that plays well in the room because you're going to need it right and you're going to need it this year this is not going to be a season without any challenges and there's already going to be enough this offseason just figuring out what the roster is going to be so having that that big picture perspective and maybe George hinted at this when he when he talked about uh, putting the five dollars down on him lasting that I think is part of it right having that big picture look and doesn't mean you can't get dirty in the details but I think that's a good way to to approach life and that's something you can sell to the team Everyone's favorite sideline reporter except Cap because he has Lisa Talters ahead of Mike He's Trudeau. moving up. He's um, moving up based yeah, on a couple of yeah. answers here today. He's moving up. Yeah, Mike Trudell with us here on Sedano and Cap. By the way, Cappy, did you know what allegory meant when he said it? No, I just kind of let it go. I didn't really want to <laughs> really dig too deep. I didn't want to look it up. I mean, that's Northwestern right there. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I knew what it was, but I knew you didn't know. So I nah, figured that's why I, I just, bring it I up. I just let it go and just yeah. figured, what the hell? Do I need to yeah. come back to it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, I mean, I do, of course, but yeah. I mean, anyway, uh, Trudell, um, I thought I I thought from a more schematic right thing, or regard, I guess more specific uh, conversation that he had. I I love that he basically said AD is the key to all of this. I mean, it's not something that's relevatory. I mean, we've all talked about this, but I like that he put the onus on him in the press conference. How did you view what he said uh, that about Anthony Davis? Well, George, I, I can't disagree. I mean, I was going to – so I knew I was going to have one follow-up, right? And I really wanted to get a question in on Kobe uh, just to kind of see how that formulated him. I know that he um, got to be tight with Kobe, and that was kind of one of the first – impact. that was one of the first moments where he thought he could coach. When he could point something out to Kobe on film, Kobe would say, no, that's not how it is. And then he came back a day later and was like, actually, Coach, you were right. So I know that gave him a lot of confidence. Like, well, well, damn, I mean, if Kobe thinks that I know what I'm talking about here, I can go sell this to anybody else too. So th- I did want to get that in, but that I was remiss then not to be able to ask about Davis. And I do think there's a couple of connection points here. So one, he just spent all this time with Giannis. And to me, Giannis is the only other player in the NBA that has all of the capabilities defensively that AD does, where you, you can actually play him at all five positions. He can absolutely protect the rim on the weak side, or if he's playing on your center, he can absolutely switch out to a point guard. There's no wing that you're uncomfortable putting him out on. He really is that special defensively. Now, the difference between Giannis and AD has really, these last couple of years, especially been health. You know, because I think everybody agreed that AD during the bubble run was a top five player. And, of course, Giannis was still in that conversation. Uh, and, and now his, because of his consistency, has taken that next step up. And AD, it's not just the consistency of the health, that's one thing, but also just the consistency of playing that way every night. And I don't know if we can expect that. Like, that, that to me is a little bit more of a personality thing. But I think you can get closer to what it's been the last couple of years with a coach like Darvin uh, that, has, that has been around a lot of these players and knows how to reach them in certain ways. And if he can find a way to reach AD like that and we can get AD on the court, George, that is the difference, right, between this team going back up into immediately into contention and sort of needing to have the rest of the roster be perfect. Because if Anthony Davis isn't right and he's not on the court and LeBron's in year 20, there can't be mistakes anywhere else, which is what happened last year. If AD and LeBron are both on the court and AD is right, 
then it doesn't matter as much what you put around them because he covers so much up. So I am filibustering here. That's a long Anthony Davis answer, but no. um, that's how significant no, I think it is, George. Uh, that's, no, he, that's how important right. I think AD is. You're, you're 100% right. Yeah, But it was um, long. I mean, it doesn't mean it wasn't long. It was. I mean, you of all people shouldn't be talking about <laughs> yeah. anyone going fair. long. I mean, that's Jesus. fair. That's I mean, fair. For the love of God. Fair so. point. Fair. Uh, all right. Everyone's favorite sideline reporter, except Cappy, um, Mike Trudell joining us. Did he climb up the charts? Yeah, Did he number, pass, hey, pass Lisa? Solid number two. No, Lisa Salter's one, Trudell okay. two, Sedano okay. three. Okay, fair enough. Aaron Andrews four. Yeah, well, that's nice of you to say. I'm really just most curious about what emoji is going to be used next on the IG. So, um, <laughs> I got you, man. I tagged there you in the picture. There you go. This is why you're everyone's yeah. favorite sideline reporter. Trudell, thank you, brother. Appreciate the time as nice. always. All right, guys. Take care. See you. Late. All right. We'll, we'll, let's – um. Let's I have a major of, uh, complaint. I have a major complaint when we come back. Okay, you have a major complaint. We got a break, though, because Laura's going to be in trouble. We're back in two minutes.